Welcome to the Oceans Church Podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. Uh, my name is Jaden. Um, me and my wife, Ash, we, we are the campus pastors here at Oceans Perth. And man, it's such a privilege to be campus pastors of this awesome church. What a great family this is. Just look around, look around, see a few people. They're good people. They're good people. It's, uh, it's good to be here. And like Jared said, we're going to our on-team party straight after the service. Now, if you're on-team, please be there. It's going to be fun. Stick around. They're going to go for like 40, maybe 45 minutes. Um, but even if you're not on-team, come and join us and come and celebrate these people that have served you. Even if it's your first time, come and join us. We're just across the park. And also, maybe think about serving on team. You can sign up, you know, join on team. It's the best way to get involved. But, uh, you know, to everyone who's here for the first time or new or looking for a church or exploring, welcome, welcome to the family. Like, we exist for one reason, and we want people to have the opportunity to encounter God. We believe that is the most life-changing thing, most important thing you could ever do in your life. And that's why we exist. And we're going to have a bit more of a family meeting type service today. It's going to get a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more heavy and a little bit more in-house than we normally would. But if you're here for the first time, stick with us. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Uh, And we're we're going to get into it. But before we do, uh, I just want to invite up Gemma, Sadie, up to the stage. Why don't you come up here? Um, I say stage, but we've got some carpets. So come to the carpets. It's great. Um, Gemma, Gemma is actually, this is her final service at Oceans for a period. We're not sure how, really how long the period is, but for a period, she's always part of the family. Uh, but Gemma, she, a few months ago, or maybe like six months ago, felt the stirring on her life to go and do circuit riders uh, in California, in America, and, uh, and do a six-month DTS, discipleship training uh, school course over there and uh, it was really cool because we got to do the journey together and we we actually felt the same. Gemma uh, has served in this church for many years. She was uh, in this church basically since it's been like since it has begun and she served on a lead team and we've seen her calling. She's done academy and uh, and so it was really cool when she brought this to us that we felt the same that God had something on her life to go go like do something in a completely different country, go test her and, and train her. And, um, and so now we get to do something really cool. We get to send her out with the full blessing of the house. And, uh, and before we do, we'll pray for you in a moment. We'll celebrate you. Um, but do you have anything to sort of add, like really short, 30, 60 seconds? Do you, do you want to say anything? You don't have to. Yeah, go, go, go. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just been an honor, like being a part of this church and Um, serving and just doing life with so many people in this room. Um, I want to, like, I want to speak to you because this is, like, the community of Oceans has literally changed my life. Like, I'm not, like, the person I am today. I wouldn't be if it wasn't for the community here. Um, And that is, you know, God putting them in my path, but it's also me being intentional with that. And so if you're in this space, get intentional with community because like Jesus will change your life through it um, and this by far is like the best community you're going to get. That's awesome. Hey, uh, why don't we actually just stand to our feet really quick and what we like to do is just reach out our hands just to symbolize that we're agreeing with this prayer and why don't you just pray with me as we pray over Gemma. 
Yeah, Father, we thank you for this awesome woman of God that we've had the privilege of doing this journey with over the, over the past few years, God. And Lord, as she makes this big, bold step to follow you and the call of God on her life, God, we just pray for strength, for provision, uh, for perseverance, God, for direction and guidance. Thank you, God, that you are using this as an opportunity to grow her and to build her, God. And yeah, Lord, this is a preparation season for everything you've got uh, in store for her in her life, for her purpose, God. And so, Father, I just pray that she would leave, she would be sent out with the full blessing of this house and that God that she would return in Jesus name <laughs> amen awesome why don't we give Gemma a round of applause oh we've also got a gift we'll give you a little gift you can grab a seat you guys can grab your seats that's awesome hey cool well let's get into the message it's going to be a really good one uh but we are in a series called End Times. How scary does that sound? End Times. Uh, we started off with Shafin, our senior pastor, Shafin and Jess, who, who pastor our Albany campus, but they're our senior pastors as well. He preached a message on urgency and how we should live a life with urgency. And then we had Chris Adams, our very own Oceans Perth elder, come and share a message last week on persistency. And yes, it is a word, persistency, how we can live with persistence. And, uh, and it's... I'm really like feeding back. There's that one frequency. <laughs> I won't speak in that frequency. Um, <laughs> today we're talking about uh, another area of that, and uh, I'm excited to get into it. But we, me and my family, we went on a holiday in July. We escaped the cold Perth winter. It's kind of hard to remember how cold Perth was in July, but it was really cold. And so we went up to Exmouth, and it was me and Ash and Naraya and, uh, and my, all of my family, all of my brothers were up there, and we spent 10 days up in Exmouth, and one of my brothers hired a boat, and uh, they're, they're big fisher sort of people, they love to do that, and I'm not really like that, but I wanted to give it a go, you know, and I get a little bit seasick, but I'm like, nope, I'm going to do it, I'm going to have a good time, and so throughout the whole 10 days, I was looking for the opportunity when the swell would be low, and where they would want to do like a short trip instead of like a big, you know, leave at dawn, get back at dusk sort of thing. And so I found the opportunity, right? We're going to go on the boat. It was a nice little three-hour trip from the boat ramp all the way down the coast, three hours, to a beach where we're going to meet the rest of the family. I'm like, awesome. There's a start point and an end point. It's, going to, it's like a journey. It's not so much we're going out until like it gets dark. It's a journey, right? So we did it. We went out, me and Ash and and it was great. The first hour, it was flat as anything. There was like whales everywhere. Um, we were cruising out. And the second hour came. It started to, started to pick up a little bit. The wind started to increase. But I'm like, this is good. This is fine. I was getting a little bit sick. But uh, I was fine on pushing through. And we stopped a little bit and, and, uh, and did some fishing. And I got a little bit more sick. But I'm okay. I'm enjoying it. I'm still having a great time. Lots of whales. It's fun. Right? And then we cruise down to the coast, right to where we were going to meet the family on the beach, right? And there's these two reefs on either side of this little inlet. And uh, it's fine because we can get the boat between the two reefs and, and we're going to meet them on the shore. But then all of a sudden, the waves started to pick up, right? The waves got bigger, the wind got stronger, and these two reefs caused some big waves on that little inlet. And it looked like that we, we weren't going to be able to get through the two reefs to get into the beach where I could get off. And the moment I found out that piece of information, I got really sick. I started to feel really sick because not only had we just traveled two and a half hours, but it looks like that we might have to travel two and a half hours before I can get off the boat. Like it's not a swimmable distance. 
And, and so we're, we're cruising around, we're spending more time out there. I'm trying to hold a brave face on, but really I'm panicking on the inside. I'm like, is there any way? And, and my brother just managed to find a way that we could beat a wave in and we got in. And when I tell you that I jumped out of that boat when we were like 10 meters from the shore, I'm, I'm in, I'm carrying the stuff, I'm on dry land. But can I tell you that with the end in mind, it became so much easier to push through. But as soon as that shifted, it, it really it changed everything for me. But how much easier is it to push through, to persevere, to live our lives focused and, and with mental discipline when we know what we're living for, when we have an end in, the mind, in, in mind? With almost every area in our life, we do better when there is an end in mind. We pace ourselves. We have discipline. We focus better. We drop the unimportant things when we know what the end is. We're, we're more effective. We're more fruitful. And so in this series, we're talking about end times because we as people want to live with the end in mind so that we can get into the right direction. We can make it there, become more fruitful, become more effective. And the end we're talking about is the return of Jesus, the end of times. Uh, another way of saying it is, is Judgment Day. In Revelation 22, 12, it's, uh, this is Jesus speaking. He said, look, I am coming soon. Jesus is saying, look, I'm coming soon. That's to us. He's saying, look, I'm coming soon. Why is Jesus coming soon? Well, he's coming to finish the work that he started of restoring the earth, restoring peace, restoring humanity, restoring order to this earth. And in Revelation 21, 4, he paints this beautiful picture of what this will look like. It says, He will wipe away every tear from their eye, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things will be gone forever. And so you might not think it's coming soon, but it is. The end is coming soon. The Bible says, look, I'm coming again soon. And, uh, and James 4, 1, uh, 14, it says our life is like a vapor. It paints this picture of how quick our life is. It says, what is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. It's like you're there one minute and you're gone. Our life is really, really short, especially when we look at it in the context of eternity. You know, how much of eternity does our life actually take up? I've got some maths that I thought we'd do some maths today. Is, is everyone good with that? So let's take our life, our life, let's be generous, around 90 years. We would all be doing well if we lived, by, like, lived 90 years, right? And we divide that by infinity. What does that equal? Zero. zero. Your life makes up exactly 0% of infinity. Your life makes up exactly 0% of eternity. Our life is like a blimp. It's there and it's gone, and especially when we view it in the context of eternity. When we live with the end in mind, we realize just how short our life is. And there's so much we can prepare for in our life, even though it's so short. We prepare for our exams, some of us. Ollie does. We prepare for our exams. We prepare for our job interviews. We prepare to travel. You know, we prepare for Christmas. Who's preparing for Christmas right now? Thinking of all the great food they're going to cook. It's going to be great. We prepare for all of these things in our life. But how much time do we actually spend preparing for our eternal life? How much time do you actually spend thinking about it? I know for me, it's not something I think about much. There's too much in this world that I need to worry about. And so it's important that we bring our mind to, to, to the end, that we live with the end in mind. Because the really sobering truth, and what's going to bring us back down to earth and, and, and give us focus, is the fact that 
How we live our short blimp of a life on earth will determine how we spend our eternity. It determines how we spend it. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9 to 11, it says, So whether you're here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. We'll each give a personal account to God for the lives we live. Jesus will judge our lives. He'll weigh up the quality of our lives. And and this makes sense because all fairness and justice is from God. And so if God wants to bring order and peace and perfection into a chaotic, imperfect world, there will need to be a judgment. There will need to be a reckoning, a balancing of the scales. And so that's why there's a judgment. The, the word judgment there, crema, actually is a decision resulting from an investigation. Jesus is going to look through your life and he's going to weigh up the quality of your life and we'll each get what we deserve. And so the quality of this small blimp of a life is what determines our eternal life. Now at this point, we begin to freak out. How are we going? Is our heart rate good? Are we feeling okay? At this point, we can begin to freak out because if we're honest, each of us have fallen short of the perfect standard that God has set out for us. None of us live perfect lives. Even saved, not saved, we aren't perfect, right? And so that can cause us to have a little bit of fear. So where does that leave us? Well, I want to make one point really clear. Christians will not be judged in the same way as non-Christians. That's, that's a fundamental truth. And, you know, it's our judgment. This is what it will look like. The, the unbelievers, unfortunately, will receive the full punishment for what they deserve, for the actions of their life. Now, we as believers, we've done the exact same things. But the difference is, is that we've put our faith in Jesus. And because we put our faith in Jesus to carry the weight of our sins, at judgment, all of our, what we deserve gets passed on to him. That's why it's so important that we go out and we save people because it's not because we're better, it's because we know Jesus and all we need to do is introduce other people to Jesus. It's a dire, it's a dire cause. And so even if a believer is outside of the body, they're still with God. But if a non-believer is outside of the body, they're separated from God. And when judgment day comes, that stays that way. When judgment day comes, they're separated from God from eternity. And that's what, what we call hell. That's what we call hell. And so if you're a believer in this place, and you have, if you're not a believer in this place, and you haven't made the decision to follow God, then we're going to give you that opportunity in a second. And you don't have to have your life right. You don't have to you know, look perfect or get your, get your actions in, in the right way. But you know, like all of us have, you just need to make the decision to put your faith in God that Jesus is going to carry the weight of your sin. And the Bible says all it is is believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. And, and when you accept Jesus into your life, the, the weight of your sin gets shifted to him. And when judgment day comes, you'll be found on heaven's side. And we're going to give you that, we're going to give you that opportunity at the end of the service. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's not something we normally talk about like that, but that's the truth of the Bible. And so believers are not going to be judged for our sins. Thank God. Rather, believers are going to be judged for the quality of the life we've lived as a believer. Those who have repented for their sins, who have stopped living for themselves and instead for God and put their faith in Jesus are forgiven. Romans 1, just to make sure of this, just so you fully get this. Romans 1, 8, sorry, Romans 8, 1 
says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If you're a believer in this place and you're worried about condemnation, that verse says there is no condemnation when you have put your faith in Christ. And that's important to understand. So simply stated, in Christ, all sins are forgiven. Thanks to Jesus, you and I are members of the family of God. You know, there will be no punishment for our sin. Thank God. Isn't that amazing? Come on. Is anyone, is anyone stoked about that? And all of us have the opportunity to do that. That is awesome, right? But when we talk about the account that we'll give for our lives as believers, it's not about where we're going to spend eternity. It's talking about how we're going to spend eternity. It's not where, because where is settled by our decision to follow God, receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We're in the city of God, but it's how we spend eternity. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12 to 15, this is one of our key scriptures. It says, anyone who builds on that foundation, anyone who builds as a believer, as someone who believes in God, may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, or hay. But on judgment day, the fire will come and reveal the kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value, if it has any quality. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, then the builder will suffer a great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. So two things happen at the end of our lives. Two things happen on Judgment Day. The first thing is that the quality of our work, the quality of our life is revealed. But the second thing that happens is the quality of our life and our work is rewarded. And so let's break that down. The quality of our life is revealed. On that last day, the fire will come and reveal what remains of our life. So much of what we've poured into, poured our lives into will you know, count as worthless when the time comes and, and the fire comes. And what is going to remain? Is it going to be, it's not going to be the, the worthless things, but it's going to be the things that carry value. And so the question is, are we investing into things that are priceless or are we investing into things that are worthless? 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 says, We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So what is it talking about here? Good or evil? Well, basically, all evil is when we put our time and effort and attention and focus into things that are worthless, into things that don't please God, to things that don't carry any value. It might look like spending you know, lots of time doing something. You might have a lot of activity going on in your life right now, a lot of plans to be worked out, a lot of, a lot of goals to achieve and accolades and pats on the back, things to strive for. But the, in the end, when it passes through the fire, it turns out it's evil because it counts for nothing. It's worthless. Those things that we can put so much of our effort into, it doesn't carry any quality. There are so many things we can do uh, in light of eternity that will be burned up when that day comes. And so we know God is after quality, not quantity. He wants us to build something that is priceless, not something that is worthless. And so the quality of our work will be revealed and tested in the end, and only the work that survives Jesus' evaluations will be worthy of a reward. And the truth is that some Christians are going to be grieved by the lack of reward they receive in heaven. They're going to be in heaven, but they're going to be grieved for a moment for the lack of reward they've received. 
you know, we go back into that verse in, in verse 15. It says, if the work is burned up, the builder, will su- the builder will suffer a great loss. The builder will survive. He'll make it to heaven. She'll make it to heaven. But like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. We, we can spend our, all our lives piling up things and branches that look good. And when the fire comes, it might even burn really bright, get a lot of attention and be a big pile. But when the fire comes and goes, what remains might just be ashes. Is there going to be any quality, any substance? Is there, is there going to be any quality that's left behind? And although there will be a great joy in heaven when we get to heaven, it's going to be amazing. There's going to be a party. It's going to be awesome, right? But I do think that for a moment, there might just be a moment of, of grief, a moment of, of missed opportunity as people realize the fact that they've They've not taken up the full opportunity to get the full reward from God. And so let's break down the second one. The fire comes and reveals, and then Jesus comes and rewards. So the day of testing can be our greatest day of rejoicing. Jesus would declare, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful stewards of your life. Now God's heart for each of us is that we would live lives of quality, that we would be able to be given the full reward. That is God's heart for you and I. And, it can, and that word can sometimes feel impersonal, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. Like, you know, it's like a robot, but it's, it's really like a, a father, God wanting the best for you. He loves you. He wants you to receive the full reward. God wants you to thrive in eternity and spend it together. God's father heart for you is, is that you could never do anything to make God love you more or less. You can never do anything like that. That's true right now. You can never do anything to make God love you more or less. But we are fully in charge of how much we please God, how our work pleases God. And so like a perfect, perfect father, God is watching us hoping that we make the most of our earthly lives so that we can get the full reward for eternity. He wants to prepare us so that we can have the full reward. It says this in 2 John 1 verse 8. It says, watch out that you don't lose what you have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you can receive the full reward. The full reward, not the partial reward, not no reward, but God, Father God wants you to have the full reward, to live a life worthy of that. And so Jesus spoke about rewards. And so it must be important, right? In Matthew 25, he said, the master was full of praise to the people who were faithful. He said, well done. My good and faithful servant, you have been faithful in handing this small amount, this earthly life that, that ultimately is worth zero of eternity, this earthly life. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. And this is Jesus' words, let's celebrate together. Come on, that's God's heart for you. God wants you to get to the finish line, having done good work so that you can receive the full reward and like a good father, so that you can celebrate with your heavenly creator together. Jesus' aim is that you would party together. He would say, well done, not, not as a robot, not you know, as impersonally, but he would hug you at the finish line. And believers can be expectant that there's going to be a celebration as we look at the good work, the work of value that we've put our time into. Jesus is saying, hey, because you were faithful in the short life with what you've had, um, he's going to entrust you, he's going to entrust us with more responsibilities, greater joy, knowing that what you live for has really mattered. And so the quality of our earthly life is what determines the quality of our eternal life. So 
How do we live a life of value? How do we build with quality materials in our life? Well, there's three areas Jesus is going to assess us in. He's going to judge us in these three areas. He's going to look through and see after the fire what remains in these three areas of our lives. The first one is works. Jesus is going to look at our works and assess what remains. In Revelation 22, 12, it says, Look, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me. And I will give each person, I'll give each person according to what they have done. Jesus is coming. He's coming and he's got his reward with him, and he's going to give it to the people in according to what they have done, what they have been able to do with their lives. And so our works are important. Our time is important. What we give our time to is important. Is it something that pleases God? Is it following the call of God? Is it, is it serving God? The second thing that Jesus will judge us in are our words. In Matthew 12, 35 to 37, 36 to 37, it says, And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. How confronting is that? How challenging is that? We live a finite life. We get to say a finite amount of words, and we're fully responsible for how we say, like what we say in our, with our finite amount of words. And that verse is saying, every idle word that's ineffective, worthless, unfruitful, especially the words that tear away or pull down from the body, we're going to give an account for. And, and that's, that's the word of God. Uh, and the good thing is that God is loving. You know, this isn't about condemnation. This isn't about fearful, right? But this is about, hey, let's make the most of how we use our words. Are they building up the body? Are they encouraging people? Are they speaking life, the promises of God? Are we using our words to spread the gospel so that people can have the opportunity to know God? How are we using our words? Are they effective? And number three is our will, our motives, our thoughts, our heart. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5, it says, When the Lord returns, he will bring our darkest secrets to light and reveal our private motives. Then God will give uh, to each one whatever praise is due. God knows the motives of our heart and they're going to be revealed. The, the real motives, the ones that are deep, deep down there, like when you get past all the other stuff, the real motives, they're going to come to light. And, uh, and, and God is going to give us a reward depending on the, the kind of motives we have. So isn't that confronting stuff? That's, uh, that's confronting stuff, but that's the Bible. And we're going to get into how we can live as followers of Jesus with every moment in mind, right? The works we do, everything we do, the words we say, everything we speak out, the motives of our heart, everything that motivates us. How do we do this in a way that builds quality? Not motivated out of guilt or shame, but hope and expectation and of, of the celebration that is to come. So God, um, God prepares us and, he, uh, and that, like, he uses things in our life to help us and purify us so that the, our works, motives and words um, are built with value. God prepares us and he prepares us with two things. He prepares us with the sword and with a fire. So he prepares us with the sword. The sword is the word of God. And if we stray from the Word of God, one of two things will happen. Either our motives are exposed on the last day, our, our true motives and judgment day and at the end of our lives will be exposed, or they are adjusted on this day. 
So the, the, the word of God, the sword, can either expose us or help us adjust. And it's up to us to how we allow it to be used in our lives. We will be measured against the word of God. And so in Hebrews 4, 12 to 13, it says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. Come on, the word of God is alive and powerful today. It is sharper than the sharpest of two-edged swords, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. So if the motives of our heart need adjusting, then we've got the sword of the Spirit to, to, uh, to purify us, to come and penetrate our heart. We've got the Word of God to come and purify us, to purify our motives. And we can do this by three things. The Word of God is here and it's alive for us today and, and, and it's used in these three areas in our church. First of all is by spending time in the Word. Opening up your Bible, the Word of God. If you don't have a Bible, come and speak to us. We'll give you a Bible. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It will separate the worthwhile things from the worthless things. It will separate the mess from God's perfect plan. And, and it's important that we spend time in it daily. If you don't know where to start, come and speak to us. Or, or maybe open up your Bible reading plan, your devoted Bible reading plan that we started at the beginning of the year. We're up to, you can start off on de- December 11th tomorrow pick one up or go to oceans.church forward slash devoted. You can find one and you'll get into the word. So that's how we can allow the, 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 the sword to come and penetrate our heart. The second is by coming to church as you are. Church is such a vital thing because what do we do? We open up the word of God and we're encouraged by it. We also have community where we're encouraged by each other, where we all encourage each other to live lives that are worthy of the full reward that God has for us. And so that's how we can stay on track. This is important. Sunday, church is important. Another thing that's really important, and the third thing is dinner parties and groups multiply where we literally, we open up the word of God and we talk about not just what we think about it, but how we can apply it to our lives. How does it sharpen us? How does it make, it make us better? How does it help us to please God with our lives? And so spend time with God. Come to church, join a group, join a dinner party. And that's how we can allow the sword of the Spirit to come and purify us. And, and the thing with, with the Word of God is it really does. The more you get the Word of God into your mind, the Bible says it renews your mind. It takes you away from from the ways of the world and it renews your mind and it helps you to live a life that is really pleasing to God. It's hopeful. It's a great thing. Get into the Word. So there's the sword. And the second thing is the fire, the fire, the trials. You know, we, we don't see much of it now, but back in winter, the fire department was very busy burning off, preparing the forests, putting them through a fire and preparing them so that when the real fire comes, that the bush would be ready. And that's what God allows us, allows for the fires to do in our hearts, in our lives. The fires he will allow to come, the burn-offs to come and purify us so that when the real fire comes, when the real judgment comes, that we are purified. What we have holds value. God allows us to go through a burn-off season to prepare us for the real fire that comes. And so in 1 Peter uh, 1, verse 6 to 7, it says, So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you will suffer many trials for a little while. Who feels like they're suffering many trials for a long while? Uh, even though you will suffer many trials for a little while, these trials will, 
uh, will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. When, uh, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day of judgment uh, when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So if you are going through the fire, if you're going through a trial in your life, God's promise for you is that fire will not consume you. It won't consume you, but it will refine you. It'll purify you. You won't be burned up and, and the fire won't destroy you, but God will allow it to purify you. And the thing about fires and trials is they often expose parts of our lives that we didn't know that were there. We go through difficult situations, attitudes, thoughts, beliefs come up that we didn't even know were there, but the fire comes and it reveals them. And then because they're exposed, because they're in the light, God can work through those things and, 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 and shape us and mold us and purify us. And, and so although fires and trials in our lives can be hard and difficult and they can feel so long and drawn out, it's important that we ask, God, what are you wanting to do in my life in this trial? How are you using this fire to purify me? To, to make my life worthy of a full reward. God is using the fires in your life right now to purify us so that we will have greater effectiveness in our lives, so that we can build lives that are actually worthy of the full reward, that are, that are priceless, not worthless. And uh, what I love about the image of a fire as well, if you, if you ever see a fire rip through anywhere or even burn-offs, you'll see that after the fire has come through, then, there, then there's like an eruption of green, you know, like a year or two later. And there's, there's even greater fertility. Like the, the forest just takes off. It's, it's, it's awesome, right? And I think that's a very similar thing to what happens in our lives. When we allow the fire to come through and we trust God through the fire, we, we have perspective with the end in mind that this fire will not consume me, but it will refine me through God. When we live like that, it does, it purifies us. We come back more fruitful, more effective, more ready to move. You know, I, I know this is, a, this is an unusual message for Oceans Church. So if this is your first time, come back next week. We get a lot more positive. Uh, and I hope, I hope this isn't too challenging, but really it's hopeful because we know this now. We can make decisions and we can, we can uh, live with the end in mind. But I wanted to just uh, touch on, I guess, a bit of a story of, of how Oceans has been through this how our church has been through this journey and what I feel like God has revealed through this message about our church. When we planted Oceans four and a half years ago, we, we were actually called Everlife and we planted with 35 people. Hand up if you were part of the launch team or close to, yeah, 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 awesome. Man, you guys are incredible. Four and a half years ago and a team of 35 people and we planted with the mission that we were so moved that people hadn't had the opportunity to know God. And uh, we wanted to create a space where people from all different walks of life could have the opportunity to encounter God. We're, our mission here on earth is to come make disciples. Come on, we need to tell people about Jesus. We need to tell people about the hope in this world so that when it comes to eternity, they're on heaven's side. And so that's why we planted the church. And the church grew very quickly. In the first nine months, we were up to 90 people. And it was awesome. And they were mainly either non-Christians, like people, people that had never made the decision to follow God, or there were people that had made the decision but had walked away, but found God again and come into the church. And it was incredible. It was awesome, right? And then 
so that was, that, was, that was in 2019. And anyone who hears 2019 has a little bit of anxiety in their heart because they know what's coming. The fire's coming. The fire of COVID came and, and all of a sudden this church that was less than a year old had to, had to shut down. Uh, and we had all these new Christians that had not yet been able to build quality into their lives. And a lot of them were consumed by the fire. A lot of them, their faith, because there was no quality, because uh, they were fresh, because we'd grown so quickly, we were such a small team, it just, it just happened. And that was really eye-opening to us. And God used that fire to refine us as a church. And, and then we came back in, in uh, three months later, and we were able to do services again. And we, we dropped numbers. But we were also sort of known as like the cool new church in Perth as well. And so we did, again, grow very quickly from like 60 to 120, six months later. And uh, back then with COVID restrictions, that was like big growth because we pretty much maxed out the size of our venue with the restrictions. We had, we had overflows. We were like, how can we fit more people in? Um, our parking was ridiculous. And uh, we grew very quickly again. And, and uh, you know, we definitely did it with a lot more intentionality. But then another fire came. And that fire's name was Leadership Transitions. Uh, we felt the call of God. And it was right, the call of God to uh, merge with Oceans and Albany. And that's how Everlife became Oceans. And we became one church with two locations. And Shafe and Jess ended up having to move down to Albany to, to pastor that church. And Ash and I became the campus pastors. So that meant that two churches had leadership transitions. And if you know anything about a leadership transition in a church, it's not, like a, it's not like a light and breezy thing. It's a refining thing. Like it's a natural refining thing. And so both churches went through a massive refining. And, and that went on for two years. That literally, that went on 2021, 2022. And, and, and you know, it, to some degree, it still sort of goes on. But that went on for two years. And so we came out of 2022, the end of last year. And we're like, all right, God, We've been refined. We've been pruned for greater fruitfulness. Come on, we're ready. We know what we're doing. We've got the systems. We've got the team. It's going to be amazing. And then we came into 2023 and God's word for our church was to rest. It was to rest. And God's word was that we wouldn't grow by multiplication, but we'll grow by addition. And that's the opposite of what we wanted. But God's like one by one by one, minus a few, plus one, plus one, plus one. And, uh, and that's how we grew over the year. And, and what God did in that, it was, another, it was another sort of refining in a sense where it didn't refine us as a church, but it refined us personally. It refined our character. And, uh, and, and raise your hand if you're, in, if you're part of the launch team again. Man, people who could go through those three refinings and still be here, that takes a level of purification. And you can be confident that your life is of value. You're building not for the quantity, not for the size, not for the glamour, but you know you're building the quality. And, uh, and so all of this to say, I have a word and Shafe and I and, and the team and Jess, and all of us, we feel really confidently about the word that we are stepping into for 2024. And, uh, and I'm excited about it because it really puts us all into perspective. But the word is to run again. To, to run again. When we were a church plant, we were ambitious. We went all in. We're like, God, take all of my life. 
you know, use me. I want to burn for you. Let's go. And we saw lots of people say, but we were also, we had a lot to learn. We had a lot of refining to do. And God did that over the past four years. And as we've come through that and we've come through the rest, we're like, why God, are we resting? Come on, there's something to do. And resting is to prepare us for the work that we're about to do. And that is in 2024, the work that we're about to do is to run again. It's the culmination. It's the culmination of the seasons. And so I want to encourage you. I say that because we're a family, we're a body. And I feel like as a body, this is not God's word for an organization. It's not God's word for leadership. It's God's word to each and every one of us. If you're in this room, you're a part of the Oceans family. Even if it's your first week, hey, you're a part of the family. Come on. Run again, run again. God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for you. He's inviting you to be like, how can I make room? How can I live a life of intention so that there's value built up in my life, there's quality built up in my life, so that I can use my life to see the Word of God spread throughout Perth and our heart is still the same. We want to see every person in Perth have the opportunity to know God to belong into a church, to grow together and to find their purpose in God. That's the most fundamental thing we can give to our city is that. And so that's going to be our mission as we come into 2024. God is preparing us to run again. And, uh, and I also say that for the perspective that fires do refine and purify for greater fruitfulness. So my heart, our heart, is that we live for the day when we see Jesus face to face. We don't live just for today. We live for the day that we see Jesus face to face and give an account for our life. And, uh, and I want that moment for each of us to be a moment of joy, of celebration, of, of the hard work paying off, for God to say, well done, good and faithful servant, and to embrace us as we cross the finish line. And, uh, and I want to be a person that's like, whatever it takes, God, Whatever it takes, fires, trials, I will have hard times in my life. Yep, I know. But I'm going to allow God to use them to refine me. And so I want to live for the lost. I want to live to see people saved. We want to live to see people saved. We spend every moment of our life to advance the gospel, to spread the good news about Jesus, the hope of humanity, that we, we can spend eternity with Christ. We don't have to pay the price for what we deserve, but Christ can pay it for us. Hey, why don't we stand to our feet right now? You know, if you haven't made the decision to follow God, we're, we're going to give you that opportunity right now. And like I said before, it's not like you have to have everything together or even have the full understanding, but you can step into it right now and you can reach out to God and, and spend eternity with Him. You don't need to wait till you have perfect faith or, or you know, can believe perfectly that God is real and hold on to Him. You can do it imperfectly. It's like if you were slipping off a cliff and there was a branch, uh, you know, I would use that branch to help you even if it might not be a perfect, you know, uh, branch right now. That branch, you know, it, it's going to save you. And so even if your faith isn't perfect right now, even if you can't confidently be like, yeah, 100%, hey, just take the leap of faith. Take the leap of faith and be like, yes, I am going to put my trust in God and I'm just going to see how this unfolds as I begin to follow God. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.